Welcome to O, a podcast, the podcast about playing games and making games, brought to you by O'Rock Studios. I'm Paul Franzen, the head boy of O'Rock, and uh, I'm Michael Gray, uh, the head fairy wrangler of O'Rock. How's it going, Michael? Oh, it's fine. I've just been having a hard time catching all the rainbow magic fairies and such. I have, I have absolutely no idea what you're talking about. You're very, very is lucky. This a, it's, is it's, this a Pokemon thing? This is a book series for girls. It's a British book series. There are like over 250 of these books. And my wife my wife got my uh, daughter into this series. And now my wife is going to be sleeping on the couch for some time. <laughs> Can't you guys just read Harry Potter? <laughs> She's two years old so. that's fine well just don't don't start on the later books take your time getting to those i'm sure she can handle sorcerer's stone yes <laughs> well speaking of sorcerer's stone um i think that's one of the games i actually played um we can talk about that because this is a podcast about playing games yes. and making games tell me about this video game that you played so I played the Game Boy Color version of the game, which is actually an RPG, uh, which I thought was actually kind of cool. You, you got to fight fight um, enemies and such like that. It's kind of broken, or at least we played it incorrectly and managed to break the game, because okay. what you could do is you just poison your enemy, and, and that would do like 20 damage to the enemy no matter what. So what I'd do is I, I'd poison the boss, and then I'd freeze the boss in place using you know, Petrificus Totalis or whatever the freezing mm. spell is. And then I would just sit and do nothing for like five turns while the boss was frozen and took 20 <laughs> damage each turn because my spells were doing like one damage. It, my spells were doing nothing to the enemy. So actually poisoning the boss was, was how I managed to defeat like all three bosses in a row. So uh, one of the commenters uh, on the video pointed out, it's like, hey, you know, the color of your cursor changes depending on whether or not the spell is going to be effective against the enemy. Oh, handy. I'm like, why didn't you tell me this? <laughs> why, why didn't I? Because I, I looked up multiple guides on how to play the game, and I don't think any of them mentioned that. Oh, man. You were, uh, you, you were supposed to read that in the instruction manual, obviously. I guess. So I was doing the strategy of, okay, well, this spell does nothing. Okay, what about this spell? Well, what about this spell? Well, what about this spell? And then going in through, you know, like all 20 of the different spells. Uh, let's see. Another problem I'd say with the game is um, each spell sort of has like three levels. This is never explained, by the way. You just sort of have to figure it out mm -hmm. on your own. I guess it's in the manual. You're right. <laughs> Yeah, when did, this game would have come out, what, like early 2000s, right? That's when yep. paper instruction manuals were still a thing. That, that's, I feel like if this game came out today, it would have tutorials. It'd have, like, a huge menu every time you learn a new spell telling you exactly how to do it. Yeah, that makes sense. I, there were a couple of things that had tutorials, but not that. Yeah. But basically, um, you know, if I use the Flipendo spell... Um, a Flipendo? Flipendo is a legitimate Harry Potter spell. I didn't... I've never heard of it outside Flipendo? of the game before either. F L I P E N D O. Flipendo though? 
<laughs> what does Flipendo do in Harry Potter? I don't. I don't know. I'm gonna have to look. Knock it up. back an opponent or object. Okay. All right. It does seem like it'd be jinx. a fighting thing. Oh, <laughs> apparently Voldemort uses it at some point. Yeah. Really? The knockback jinx. I don't. Whatever. In any case. If you use the spell like 50 um, to 80 times, I don't know how many times, it upgrades to Flipendo Duo, and then if, you know, if you do, you can do that further, and it becomes Flipendo Trio. Tria. Apparently it's been used all over the books, and nobody paid attention. Dobby This used sounds it. extremely non-canonical. I'm not sure about this. Dobby, Dobby used it. It's saying Lockhart did it in the dueling club blah blah there was some spell uh, lizzo and i had, were playing lego harry potter a while ago and i forget what the name was but we kept referring to it as exploderamus <laughs> because it would just blow things up I'm like, this spell does not seem like it should be in the harry potter lore either like we're just running around blowing up all of hogwarts castle nobody seemed to mind either Oh man, we played um, the Lego Harry Potter for the Switch, and that game was, I'm not going to say incredibly difficult, but um, <laughs> uh, we skipped the tutorial. I, I was not around when the choice was made to skip the tutorial and not learn mm-hmm. the controls, and so we couldn't figure out how to get the controls to work. And I, I guess it's our own fault, but it's like... Maneuvering in that game was really super difficult, and so, like, sometimes the button would cast the spell, sometimes I'd have to hold down the button for a couple of seconds to cast the spell, specifically, like, that lighting spell. Yeah. And then, sometimes pressing the button would make me switch characters from Ronda Hermione, so it's like, I had no idea what I was doing half the time with those spells. we played it on uh, Xbox 360, I think, which I think the controller probably has a lot more buttons than the Switch does. I wonder if that makes some of these games a little easier. I wonder if that's an issue, actually, with porting games from other systems onto the Switch, having to, to make stuff make sense on a controller that I'm pretty sure has like half the buttons that everything else does. Well, there are multiple gameplay modes with the Switch controller. Um, mm. I kind of prefer true. the one that's like the traditional controller that you just you slip it in and I'm holding it with both hands. Yeah, that's what I usually strap use. Version. So yeah. if you're playing the one with um, two hands on the Harry Potter, it basically kind of ignores the left-hand side of the controller, if okay. that makes sense. You can press like the L button, whatever you call the button that's in the back that you do with your trigger finger. But it, it kind of ignores all the other buttons with your uh, left hand. At least that's what I noticed. Obviously, I didn't play single yeah. player mode very often. Like, at all. I know some of the characters in Lego Harry Potter were a little suspect. <laughs> were they? I mean, the game brags that it's got like over 200 of your favorite characters. And then it had characters like Harry, green sweater. Harry, red sweater. <laughs> Harry with the ponytail. <laughs> yeah. I'm looking up Lego Harry Potter characters now. I'm curious. Oh, that's right. And there's at least the versions we played, We it was like two separate games. Lego Harry Potter years one through four and then Lego Harry Potter years five through seven. Yeah, that was ours too. Were they made by yeah. different companies? I think one through four was made by ah. Telltale and then... The other one was made by a different company, I think. No, that doesn't sound... They, they were made by uh, Traveler's Tales, I think. At least the first one was. 
Oh, I guess I could be wrong then. One of them was, yeah. Well, I just noticed they have like four logos on the uh, (laughs) actual game, but when we start um, number one, only three of the logos appear. So I'm like, what? (laughs) No, I mean, I figured they probably just split it into two two games to sell more copies. I mean, they're both pretty long games, so. Oh yeah, look at this. Harry, blue shirt. Harry, sweater. Harry, Hogwarts. Harry, dragon task. Harry, lake task. Harry, Quidditch. (laughs) The first... 15 characters are all Harry. Yes. <laughs> and then there's like a dozen Hermione's and Ron's. Okay, guys. Oh, so what I thought was... Um... There's two different Percy Weasleys. <laughs> it's two more than you need. Ow, ow. Oh, <laughs> uh, so I'm, I'm in the middle of uh, rereading the fifth book, so I'm kind of, uh, I'm kind of mad with, uh, with Percy right now. Oh, that's sad. No, I thought what they did was they split up uh, the game uh, like that because they didn't think kids would play books five through seven. Oh, interesting. They thought it was too dark or whatever. Let's see. It came out, this was late 2000, so 2008, 2009 would have been when they made the decision. I could could believe that. I want to see where they were um, compared to the release dates. Oh, yeah, maybe the seventh movie wasn't out yet. Yeah, let's see. Um, yeah, the seventh movie was not out. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So that probably has something to do with it too. Then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Okay. Some of these characters are just. This one's shifty wizard. <laughs> he's he's don't don't pay attention to that guy. He's he's in trouble. Wait, can you unlock the Dursleys? Oh man. Oh, I don't think I ever did that. Do you want to play as the Dursleys? Uh, you can play as Lego Harry. You can play all of Lego Harry Potter as Vernon Dursley. That's a, wait. Can, can they do anything? <laughs> <laughs> so, since we're talking about Harry Potter, here's a here's a discussion I had with uh, with Lizzo earlier today. And in the Battle of Hogwarts, why didn't anyone just use like a gun? Because that's way faster than using the Killing Curse. Way more effective. Um, I think I've mentioned that in, in my reviews. Uh, indirectly, other people have mentioned this. It's like, Harry just needs to kill Voldemort with a power he knows not. It's like, well, there are plenty of weapons Voldemort <laughs> doesn't know about. Yeah. No, because I was thinking, like, like um, it, it mentions that, that Filch, the caretaker, he's, like, around for this battle. He's a squib. He can't do anything. Why doesn't he have a gun? What is he doing there? You're right. Traveler's Tales did both games. Yeah. Ah, uh, sorry. Um, well, what was Filch supposed to do? Like, run away at some point? <laughs> yes! Yes! Well, the Malfoys did it. I guess he could have done it, too. Yeah. <laughs> I have to interrupt here. There's a game called Please. My Girlfriend is a Mermaid coming out for the Switch. Oh. Um... Is it your um, game? By the time this podcast comes out. Wow. It's a visual novel, too. Yeah. Oh, no. They're totally huh. stealing my, my, my mermaid visual novel idea. Looks like it was a Kickstarter project. Well, if they want to send me a review copy, I'd be glad to play it. <laughs> huh. I don't see any mermaids in these screenshots, though. <laughs> um, this is this one on Kickstarter. It's someone... Wearing a dress, but also, like, a fishtail sticking out the bottom. Okay, okay. Yeah, I guess that looks more mermaid-like. Okay, that looks great. This this seems really impractical for, for being in the water, though. 
Yeah, that's why in the My Mermaid thing. game, she doesn't change into like the human clothes slash big human dress mm. until she's about to leave the water. Because it seems incredibly impractical to be swimming around in an outfit like that. Now yeah. I see that this seems this game seems like um, they took the excuse to draw a bunch of people in bikinis. I- I'm less I'm less excited for it now. Speaking of uh, other companies completely ripping us off, did you see there's a visual novel about the Supreme Court that's uh, coming out now? Oh yeah, I called did. Supreme Courtship. That's a really good name. That is great. It, they appear to <laughs> be like good. I know everybody's gonna point this out they appear to be a few supreme court justices behind i guess that speaks to when they started the project yeah i think you're right but and they're all like young sexy versions of the justices too which is which is a pretty good decision i yeah i think yeah you don't think so (laughs) it would be otherwise it'd be a dating sim about a bunch of 80 year olds which you know i guess there's a market need love too yeah yeah not to not to Whatever. Don't but. they usually start in their 50s, people on the Supreme Court? Yeah. Yeah, but I guess you're right. The Supreme Court, I mean, it's always been this way, probably. It's just sort of a gruesome death watch on the Supreme Court. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, half of the country wants, you know, the Supreme Court to be filled with their team. Oh, oh I'm not supposed <laughs> to refer to the Democrats and Republicans as teams anymore. I- I'm told that's no? very offensive. It's kind of true. I'm like, they're kind of acting like rabbit sports It's kind of true, though. though. Yeah, I don't know. I think I have a different opinion about sports teams. I don't think I ever... Mm-hmm. I don't know where I was going with this. I was going to complain about how my, my sports team growing up just lost all the time and has never won anything, and so oh. I'm not that into sports, I guess, as a result. You like uh, you like hockey, don't you? Oh, yeah, I like sports. Um, yeah, I remember you used to follow the, the Sharks a lot. Yeah, I'm just not, um, whatever you call it, a su- super fan, because I, I didn't get any good teams to root for. <laughs> sure. Hmm. Yeah, I did go to a couple, uh, three hockey games this year. I still don't, ha- I don't know anybody on the team anymore, so. <laughs> so, yeah, let's see. Um, I have no idea why Filch didn't use a gun in the, in the <laughs> Thank of you. Hogwarts. Right? Filch, well, are, are guns legal in Britain? I mean, they must exist. Oh, They're in the series, inter- right? Oh, man. Are they? It doesn't come up, really. I'm trying to remember um, Book 5, where um, Mr. Weasley's co-worker says, Hey, I need that report on fire legs, uh, and you need to do it pronto. It's like, <laughs> and if you had been right. paid attention to my report, you'd know it's firearms. So that's, that's definitely right. referring to guns, right? He says yeah. they thought Sirius might be using a gun. <laughs> No, um, Vernon Dursley has one, I think, in, in book one. That's right. When the, yeah, <laughs> he threatens uh, he threatens Hagrid with it, and then Hagrid uh, bends it into a knot. It's sad because Vernon could have probably killed him if he fired Yeah, he totally could have just, yeah. Why did you just sit and wait for him to walk up and grab your gun and bend it into a knot? There were several seconds there where you could have attacked. Bulletproof skin. That's the only solution that makes sense to me. I feel like that's sort of in the that's getting into the realm of uh, Star Wars, where everybody asks, "Okay, they have the cool lightsaber battles. Why don't they just use their magic, you know, levitation powers to steal each other's lightsabers?" Which is a legitimate complaint, and so it's <laughs> the official reason is that apparently when nobody's looking, they all learned how to create shields to block that stuff. 
and, you know, how to block anybody from stealing their lightsaber mid-battle or from, you know, Darth Vader choking somebody with the throat mid-battle. <laughs> and so they just have those shields going on all the time. Yeah. Or it could be that there's there's a whole thing, too, where uh, the wizards don't like using muggle technology, right? Like, that's why they don't use the internet, even though internet is way faster than owls. Or uh, that whole thing with toilets a couple months ago. Did you hear the toilet thing? No. Oh, oh wait. Yeah, I know that. Yeah. That was a big question I had reading um, the Chamber of Secrets was... It, it's funny, she actually had to come up with an explanation. But the Chamber of Secrets is in the toilet, right? Yeah. The secret passageways to a toilet. So there weren't toilets a thousand years ago. There wasn't indoor plumbing a thousand years ago. <laughs> So apparently when Hogwarts got retrofitted in order to put in toilets, at that point, somebody discovered the Chamber of Secrets and changed the entrance so it matched up with the Moaning Myrtle's bathroom. Yeah, that makes sense. I'm like, but wait, somebody discovered the Chamber of Secrets, they didn't set the monster loose or anything, or, or maybe they did, and we just <laughs> never heard about it. Well, like, obviously it, it, was weird. A, it was a Slytherin contractor, obviously. <laughs> Oh, that would make sense. If it was the contractor who discovered it, not like a student, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and then there was the whole retcon thing about, and oh yeah, by the way, before they had toilets, they were all just peeing in the hallway and vanishing it with the spell. That's did apparently that? what people did yeah. in real life, too. So. No! Oh, God. Where? Why? why how did we end up here? How, how did you enjoy the, the Sorcerer's Stone video game? On Game Boy. It was, was it, it was a good game, and the one thing I really like about it is that um, if if you beat the game, you can restart the game, and it saves your levels and your experience. Okay. So you're, you're, I mean, if you go all the way through the game and you beat the game, you can restart it, and you're super powered. Oh, so it's like a, like a New Game Plus kind of thing. Yeah, it's like a New Game Plus. It basically yeah. just keeps your... Um, That's nice. Your stats. And um, there are three different kinds of like magic wizard cards you get so that's basically what it's for if you want to get like the complete set of uh, all the wizard cards yeah and then there are multiple places where i had to uh basically before the troll in the dungeon and before um i think like the devil snare fight i had to basically level up the spells because the game assumed i was keeping them all leveled up and that wasn't fun uh but there was kind of a cool thing. We actually got to see some of the stuff, you know, that's in the books, that's not in the games, like the History of Magic class. Oh, that's fun. In the Muggle Studies classroom. Oh, cool. Yeah, we don't learn, like, basically anything about the Muggle Studies course. Yeah, and Peeves, yeah. I wish we learned yeah. more about... <laughs> I mentioned this in my review of the book, too. Like, at one point, Hermione is studying for Muggle Studies, and they say she's got, like, diagrams of muggles lifting heavy objects. I'm like, why? <laughs> Do muggles have a different physiology? Then? Also, why is she taking this class? She should she be able to a stroll in on the last day yeah. of exams and get, an, get a, a perfect grade. Harry should be she able should to be, do that, too. She sh they should be teaching the class. I feel like this is me, like, a uh, freshman year of college... I took, like, what was basically an intro to computers course, and this is after, like, having spent my entire childhood and, and high school years using computers, taking all the computer classes possible at in high school. And <laughs> college, I'm taking this one that's like, <laughs> here's how to type and send emails. 
It was not a... Yeah, I think I, I just needed the A. <laughs> that sounds pretty uh, maybe, But that, see, that's, 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 that's a me kind of thing to do. That doesn't feel like a Hermione kind of thing to do. She, she doesn't need easy A's. She said she thought it would be fascinating to learn them from the muggle point of view. I, I mean, guess. from the wizard point of view, but... I, I mean, I'm with you. They need somebody who's a muggle-born. Maybe not Hermione, but may- maybe yeah. Harry, just to introduce the wizard world to things like, here's television. <laughs> here's a telephone. This is how it works. Notice how this is way more useful than owls in every situation possible. Yeah. Well, I think you, you mentioned uh, recently on, on Facebook or something like that about how... Um, they have some they have some staff issues in Hogwarts, I think. Like, some of their teachers, like, have absolutely no business teaching uh, anybody anything. I don't think they're actual professors. I don't think they yeah. took any advanced schooling. Is there a wizard college? Yeah, like, I mean, obviously there's... They they hired nonstop evil people to, to teach the friggin' Defense Against the uh, Dark Arts. They had... Like I, like I said, I've been re- rereading. I'm on book five. One out of five <laughs> professors they had for that course was good. All the others were trying to kill Harry. Um, but also they had, like, Professor Trelawney teaching the, the whatever wizard psychic course that everyone knows is bogus. Like, why why are you enabling this, Dumbledore? It It seems to be indicated that Dumbledore doesn't want her to leave the castle because he's worried for her safety because she gave the prophecy. And it seems like he hasn't told... I don't think he's told Trelawney about... Yeah, Dumbledore mentioned Uh, she has no idea that she gave this prophecy, and I think it would be unwise to tell her, I think, is what Dumbledore says. He he could have hired her as a janitor or something. Give her Filch's job, yeah. Yeah, Filch is a monster and he can't even do magic anyway. He can't do anything. Won't even use a gun. (laughs) (laughs) Can we please have a Harry Potter podcast? Because I'm enjoying this quite a bit. Oh man, I'll just bring up all the the plot points and plot holes I've noticed. (laughs) So I actually... I put Lupin in the category of teachers who tried to kill Harry because he just tried really? to do it when he's in werewolf form, and it's only just only a little. It's That's just more bad. fun to say every single one of Harry's teachers tried to murder him. Yeah, yeah. And then book six, it, what? It's uh, I guess. I mean, I guess I should say spoiler Snape. alert at Snape some point. But who cares? It's Snape. Yeah, yeah. So six out of six. <laughs> Then it sounds like. What about book seven? Do either the Kiros yeah. attack Harry? Uh, well, Harry doesn't take that take the class with them, so I don't know if it would count anyway. But I'm sure they attack him at some point between six and seven. Uh, Harry cast the Cruciatus curse on uh, yeah. the one Kiro because they were mean to Professor McGonagall, <laughs> which, by the way, is totally nuts. <laughs> I don't know why Harry just just out of nowhere. It was really nasty that Carol like spit on Professor McGonagall and everything, mm-hmm. and Harry's like, bam, throws off his invisibility cloak. Crucio. <sighs> Did they have that in the movie? They probably didn't have a scene of Harry torturing a stranger in the movie. Probably not. <laughs> Harry Potter's kind of a whack series. <laughs> or how? Okay, so the part I I just reread was uh, in book five. Umbridge has just finally caught the DA and dragged Harry into a meeting with Fudge and Dumbledore and everyone. And like, 
Kingsley Shacklebolt's there, like modifying the the his the other girl's memory, like oh oh chain, oh like, my yeah. gosh, I've got to say this, I've got to say this line yeah, that please. I used in my uh, book review because I was super proud of it. Give me a second, I'm going to pull this up. Please. Okay, so her name is Marietta. So in my yes, review, Marietta. I wrote, "You don't have to be a seeker like Harry to know Marietta is the snitch." She's got the word sneak written all over her face. I was very proud of that dad joke right there. It's amazing. But yeah, no, they modify her memory like right in front of the up, mis- right? right in front of the Minister of Magic doesn't the... notice in the slightest. Yeah. How does nobody Harry notices and like none of the other people notice? Uh I, I just I just feel like Dumbledore has made some very questionable decisions, and this this isn't exactly a hot take to say that probably. But can we talk about Hagrid for a minute? Because I feel like he's a really bad professor. Um. Well, no. I was going to I was going to I was going to agree with you oh. that just casting the memory spell on on somebody is yes. just that spell is just terrifying. By the way, yes, especially in combination with um the imperious spell or whatever it is that yeah i can make you do anything i can do anything to you and you won't remember that's terrifying Uh, it's like how can you trust your own memory if you're a wizard i don't want to live in the wizarding world yeah and it seems like it should be standard with for the wizard police just to check for signs of memory tampering whenever they take in a criminal i think just in case I mean, I also kind of feel like kids shouldn't have wands, but... <laughs> uh, let me see, 11, yeah, that's 5th, 6th eleven, grade. 11, you, have a, you, have, you now have a stick that if you point it at someone and say a couple words, they die. Yeah. You're 11, good luck. <laughs> that's really terrible. I don't know, how does magic work? I feel so... <laughs> <laughs> I, do, I, I should probably say at some point that I really love Harry Potter. <laughs> having a lot of fun here, but I really am, uh, yeah. Well, Professor Moody says, it's like, you could point your wands at me and I'll say the words, and I doubt I'd get as much as a nosebleed when he's talking about the killing curse. That's true. There's, like, a whole thing where you, like, really have to mean it and feel it, right? So, yeah, like, something like that. Yeah. But, I mean, and then there are other places where it's like, all you have to do is just say some funny words, and then <laughs> you've got a magic spell down. For you. I guess it maybe that depends on like the power of the spell or, or or something like that, or the type of spell, how easy it is to to cast in the first place. How easy it is to say the magic yeah. words. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess they're we really can think about like pronounce. when they're when they're learning like Wingardium Leviosa and all that. It still takes like Harry and Ron the entire class, and they don't really get it. So, I guess I guess if. <laughs> You're 11 years old and trying to murder somebody. It maybe it wouldn't work that well. Yeah, they did mention that. Um, you know, when Harry and Malfoy were about to duel each other in the in the first book, it's like, oh, you won't be able to do anything besides just shoot like red sparks at each other. You're fine. Yeah. I uh, I still think it's an unnecessary risk, but. Well, yeah, and then in the in the next book, when Draco and Harry like duel each other, Draco pulls out a giant snake from nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> and yes, Hagrid is a terrible teacher. I've complained yes, about that thank in you. every book review. <laughs> I mean, he's fine as the keeper of keys, whatever the that is. Groundskeeper, but... <laughs> groundskeeper. Let's go. No, with he's also no. They say he's the keeper of keys. Also, he unlocks the front gates occasionally. <laughs> then what does Filch do? 
Filch is the janitor. <laughs> I, I forget guess. what his official job description is. <laughs> Wizard caretaker, janitor. caretaker. Caretaker, you're right. But yeah, like I feel like compared to Grubbly Plank, right? Like they all they all get upset when when she's the teacher, but like she shows them like real animals that aren't just ridiculous monsters that <laughs> Hagrid is making up on his own, like like unicorns and stuff. Like I don't know. She well, seems to actually have lesson plans. Like, well, here's the thing, too, is that all the, the creatures that Hagrid teaches don't show up on the final exams, either. He's, like, <laughs> yes! training them for stuff that doesn't... Ugh. You mean the whole test isn't just going to be flobber worms or whatever? We, we saw Didn't what they, the cure there a magic... year where they just studied flobber worms? That was number no, three. The, sorry, the blast ended Scroots. That was it. That was the one he completely invented in the whole year, which is them taking care of it. Yeah, I don't think Until the standardized test is going to be over. on your weird mutant. Yeah, so it was really awful. <laughs> yeah, so I imagine everybody failed their, uh, you know, magical creatures owl that year. Yeah, yeah, probably. Harry did okay with his magical creatures owl, but I noticed, oh, I don't know, the book goes into what they had to do. They had to tell the difference between, like, a, a, a hedgehog and then a magic hedgehog. So what happens, um, oh, this is something I thought was strange about the sixth book, when yeah. they all discover, hey, wait, nobody's taking care of magical creatures for Newt level. It's like, oh, so Hagrid has stopped, like, three years of students from going on and majoring in magical <laughs> creatures he was, now. He, he was so bad, he killed, a, like, a generation's worth of students' interest in this subject. Like, do you think somebody would have noticed at some point, hmm, ever since yeah. Hagrid became teacher, nobody wants to take that class. <laughs> but uh. also, when did Harry and his friends sign up for classes for that to be a big revelation? <laughs> trying to remember when do I think they, they sign up for courses, like, at the end of the year, right? I always assumed they were like, I always assumed they were like auto refilled. I, I guess in classes like history of magic. Yeah, well, there, I'm sure there's like required courses and then electives. Like, yeah, book three is when they can start taking electives. Yeah, 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 that's right. And then Hermione takes all of them. <laughs> and she, it's weird because um, they mention a couple of other characters got like twelve, you know, owls. So that means they got, like, an owl on all 12 courses that Hogwarts teaches. So it's like, does that mean they also had time turners? I forget who got 12 oh. owls. It's one of the Weasleys. It's like Percy. Really? Percy? Yeah. Percy. The only known characters who received 12 owls are Percy Weasley, Bill Weasley, and Barty Crouch Jr. Barty Crouch Jr.? Yep. He's apparently was he a good student. Apparently, he was great at school. Well, I mean, he was a pretty good teacher, all things considered. So I guess it makes sense. So how did Bill and Percy get twelve owls without a time turner? Maybe they just had a different schedule that year. Yeah, <laughs> they just maybe they scheduled their courses better that year so that people could take all courses without having to use time travel magic. Yeah, there was more crossover between the various courses. I'm guessing. Yeah. Yeah. So she had four lessons that conflicted with each other. Okay, Care of Magical Creatures and Arithmancy was at the same time. So was Muggle Studies and Divinity. It feels like that shouldn't be a problem. Like, ever. I don't know. Like, why would you change the timing of a course depending on how many students are in it? That just seems like poor planning. I'm extremely distracted looking up stuff about per whether Percy Weasley had a time turner now. I want to read Percy Percy Weasley time turner fan fiction. 
<laughs> There's that definitely exists. Let's see. This is the most off topic we've ever gotten. Yeah, um, let's get back on topic. <laughs> Should we talk about some like video game like stuff that we've been working on? You think? Oh yeah, yeah. I've got. Uh, I I had one question to ask, and and then I I thought I had a list of topics to mention in Cat President, but I didn't. I found I found the fan fiction. By the way, it exists. Awesome. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, what you got for me? Um. How do variables work? Oh, oh boy. This is a really yeah. That was kind of a really poor way of phrasing that question. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> I want to go back to Harry Potter. <laughs> no, so I, I assume you know how choice script works. I'm just wondering how permanent variables work. Like, if I've got my game with three different pathways, I just want it to be that the game knows, hey, you went through pathway number one, now you're doing pathway number two. So we remember the information that you, you unlocked or did in pathway number one. So I've I've actually haven't done any coding in Choice Script. I've only uh, worked with the text in Choice Script before. Oh, okay. So you haven't. Yeah. Okay. So. I, no I worries. I mean, there's a there's what persistent variables in RenPy. I don't I don't know if Choice Script has an equivalent to that though. Yeah, I I just don't know if if it does or not. I think it just has variables, and then it has temp variables, and then it has um something that's more along the lines of permanent variables, and. The way it works in choice script is that uh, temporary variables are uh, just deleted and magically disappear at the end of a document. Um, right. Yeah. And so that just depends. Um, what I've been doing is, you know, each 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 different text file is a di- each chapter is a different document. That's the way I've been doing it. But I imagine other people could do it differently. You could really just stiff your, stick your entire game in one huge document, and that wouldn't make that mm-hmm. much of a difference, really. So. I think when I when I'm editing other people's games, that's what it usually is. It's like there's an intro document and then different documents for each chapter, and then sometimes one for like stats and achievements and stuff like that. Yeah. Oh wow! I'll need to look up there's achievements. Yeah, I'll write that down then. Because if not, I might have to create like a password system. That was the only workaround. Oh I could yeah. Because I don't know how I could somebody could restart. I'll just have to make a test, um, just make a fake game to test out whether permanent variables work the way I think they do. <laughs> and um, then I'll check that out. Yeah, but uh, if not, then I'll just create a password system. And it's just going to be a password system. I already thought of it. It's like, okay, just a random word, like rabbit means that you completed route one and none of the others. Iceberg means route two and none of the others. <laughs> and then it'd be sure. numbers after that. So it'd be like rabbit one four and one indicates that you're a male character or two indicates you're a female character and then the second digit indicates your your love interest this is not going to be a super lovey-dovey game so actually that's something i did was um uh you can change the gender of the character because i originally did not do that oh wow i haven't i haven't even gone into my game at all in any case originally er Originally, I was going to have um, uh, a female main character. I was going to have Kelly, the bridesmaid, <laughs> as the uh, so she was the model for the, uh, the 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 main character. And then I I realized, you know, you know, years later, this game is slightly different. I'm like, you know, I could actually change the gender of the character since I'm not actually <laughs> using a picture of uh, the bridesmaid. So. 
So wait, what what is this game that we're talking about? Uh, the Kidnapped Prom Queen. The Kidnapped Prom Queen. That's right. You had you had mentioned last month that you wanted to talk about it this month. Yeah. Right. So I I want to go back and like slap myself for like changing the gender of the character because that that just it's so much work that it shouldn't be. Um, I think what I have to do now is um, well, I'll do from now on. I think it's just right. Just pick a gender and go with it, and then. Once I'm finished that, then I go back and change it. So mm-hmm. I have to change all the pronouns, basically. Yeah, that sounds like it'll, it'll uh, take a while. Yeah, so changing the pronouns as I go is just extremely slow because um, writing variables in choice script just is not fun. It's um, it's dollar sign and then exclamation mark, then it's curly bracket. Then it's the variable name, and then uh, close curly bracket, and that's how you display like a variable in choice script. Right. So that's typing all that out is a huge pain. Anyway, the kidnap prom queen. Okay, so I haven't talked about this on the podcast much uh, <laughs> yet, ever. <laughs> yeah, several years ago, I I did the um, the worst high school reunion ever. I think it was called. Right. Yeah. It was an idea. It was basically sort of like nine, 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 nine. I don't even remember what the nines are. Nine persons, nine hours, nine doors. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. So it's basically a lot like nine, nine, nine in that. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, what happens is that you know your character wakes up. They've been kidnapped. They're trapped in a room. They escape from the room. They end up in this area with like nine other people that have been kidnapped, and together all of you have to work together and solve puzzles and find a way to escape and stop the kidnapper and such. And so I I did the thing for that in uh, RenPy, I believe, and I sent it to you. And I think your comment was, it's like, this game was super boring until all the characters <laughs> showed up. <laughs> did I say that? Because the first... Oh, no! <laughs> something along those lines. Like, it got super oh, interesting. No. You said it a nicer way. Like, it got way more interesting once there are actual characters and not somebody standing around talking to themselves about puzzles. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's okay, so... I just tried to find it in my email, but I just found stuff about basic tax law with Barky Budget. <laughs> yes, that game is now back on the internet. You can uh, play it, everyone. Oh, really? Barky Budget's back? Yeah, um, with big disclaimer saying this is for tax year 2015. <laughs> Don't use it this year. <laughs> You're running out of time for this to be valid and helpful. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. But yeah, so one of the changes I did was I I changed the time where the game starts. So the kidnapping Mm -hmm. doesn't occur until like chapter three and a half. So that way you get to know all these cool characters and get to meet them. I still changed several of the characters. Deleted a couple of them. Oh, well. I realize I don't need nine characters just because 999 did it. Yeah. That's too many to keep track of. And one of them got killed anyway at the very beginning. And still, it was, like, too hard to keep track of them all. There's a Let's Play of Barky Budget. <laughs> I think I've seen that. Um, it's it's from a few years ago. It's probably from when the game came out. I think it's, um... I think this person was, like, a, a teenager who wanted to play all the games that were made that year for Nano Reno. 
because uh, it was done for the whatever you call Nano mm-hmm. Reno, the make a game within a month project. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so somebody wanted to play all those games, and uh, the person just went through like the first first section, which talks about filing status. It's like, oh, and they didn't continue on to like the other five sections. Uh, I did update the game. Uh, in the original game, what you have to do is you answer a three question quiz at the end of every. After every chapter, just to make sure you're paying attention, and if you get all the quizzes correct, you unlock the scene called Francie Drew, and the... No, it's uh, Carlton Drew, isn't it? Yeah, it's Carlton Drew, that's right, the Carlton yeah. <laughs> Drew game. And so now it's just available from the start, the Carlton Drew game. Oh, cool. I, I went and changed it, so you don't have to answer any quizzes, you don't have to actually study up. <laughs> you can yeah, just the... play that game straight from the start if you're really interested. The rare... Extremely rare Francie Drew spinoff game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if anyone wants to find that, it's on uh, argofunf.itch.io, basic tax law. Yep, spelled exactly how it sounds. Yes! I make sure to get version 4.15. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, and grab Mermaid Mission Titanic while you're there, too. Oh, yeah, it's on there now, too. Yeah. Yeah, Steam just sent me a thing yesterday. Um... <laughs> I was super excited. This this happens all the time. I don't know why I get so excited, but Steam's like, oh, here's your payment for the month. They changed what their um, subject line is for uh, the payment is, I think. So that got me excited thinking, oh, I'm actually getting paid this month. But no, it was their generic email that says you have not made over $100 Aww. cumulatively, so you are not getting paid. I'm like, you tricked me by changing the subject line of the email. So... That made me sad. I think what I'm going to do is um, change the price for Mermay. I think Mermay is a thing. So for the month of May, uh, I'm yeah, probably going to put Mermaid Mission Titanic on like half price. And if at that point I make over like the $100 threshold, I might just... Okay, the game is free from now on. I'm not worrying about it anymore. Because <laughs> the odds of it making... Um, like a hundred dollars or very low from here on out. I'm at the point where that and my book, um, you know, after like three or four months, that's when you get to tell when uh, your game sales are real. So yeah. that's what it's going to be like for for here on out. The first month, game sales are obviously inflated. So I mean, this uh, this works for games. This works for lots of other things too. So I'm at the point where like my book and Mermaid Mission Titanic maybe sell one to two copies a month. Yeah, that's that's where a few games in our back catalog are at, too. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, Francie Drew never sold that well, but it's like a couple copies a month right now. Yeah. I just wonder I think who's... Awkward Steve, too. I'm like, who's coming across this? <laughs> oh, somebody bought a copy of my book today. They bought the paperback copy of my book. Yeah. Wow. Well, you have good reviews on uh, goodreads.com. Oh, that's great. I... I think I, I was one of the people who gave reviews, but I'm glad that my book is getting good reviews. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> oh, good. Uh, it's an average of 4.73 stars out of five. Nice. That's higher than my courting of Miss Bennett game. I took one look <laughs> into the uh, the reviews for that. I saw like one of the top-rated reviews. It was kind of mean. It was like, well, it's like this mm-hmm. game is just super long and boring. It's like walls of text. Sometimes I just click decisions. I wasn't even reading it. I was just trying to scoot. You know, go through it as fast as possible. And I thought about it. I'm like, 
they're saying I'm really accurate and highly representative <laughs> of the original text. So do you, are you aware that you are on Goodreads.com? There's a, there's a little biography about you? Um, I'll... Author biography? No, don't, don't look it up. I want to read it to you. Okay. <clears throat> Michael Gray is a critic, writer, public speaker, and broadcaster, recognized as a world authority on the work of Bob Dylan, and an expert <laughs> on rock and roll history. <laughs> That's not... <laughs> this is on your books page. Oh, Oops. no, no, no. <laughs> yeah. You have a special interest in pre-war blues and travel. How do I change that? <laughs> I had to specifically request to change my author thing on Amazon, and that kind of took forever. Was there some other Michael Gray on there, there are, too? There are other Michael Grays, yeah. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. I think that happened um, when I was putting you on IMDb for uh, for Pizza Boy. I had to say, like, no, you're not any of these 12 Michael Grays. You're a different, you're, you're a new one. Yeah, okay, I recognize the names of the people that are giving me reviews, though. Oh. Some of them. Yeah, I know you, I know you, we're friends on Facebook. Yeah, one of these people's in Pizza Boy. Argyle Funf rated it five stars. Oh, hey! Man, he gave me five stars? <laughs> Somebody's got a Nancy Drew logo, um, but they haven't read it yet. <laughs> <laughs> No, but oh, well. with uh, Amazon, they weren't able to sync up the the paperback version and the other version of the and book. the ebook version? Okay, that's weird. So I had to specifically request that, and while that was going on, I was able to prove, hey, these are the two Michael Grays. I'm, I'm this mm-hmm. Michael Gray. Link them up. You're not the Bob Dylan Michael I'm Gray. I'm not Bob Dylan Michael Gray. Okay, I'm going to have to post on. <laughs> I have no idea how to change that. Um, should we, uh, should we answer some listener questions? Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, all right. Wait, now I have to pick a good question. Oh, there were so many of them. I didn't even talk about the uh, escape room game. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I, I'm sorry I was, yeah. if I was mad or angry last month, um, you know, venting about the escape room game and talking to you about it helped me figure out how to actually program it. Hey. So I did sort of what you did, uh, or what you explained how AGI works. Mm-hmm. Is that no AGI is not that AGS AGS yeah AGI is advanced <laughs> adjusted gross income which is not <laughs> I don't think that's a thing anymore they got rid of adjustments to income on the, oh. on tax uh, have you done your taxes yet this year I'm really not looking forward to it oh man oh you're gonna love this so oh. um, you get to claim I... QBI um, we what is QBI it's a new it's a new deduction. It's um, 20% of all of my – because I'm a small business, we own a small business technically. Yeah. So 20% yeah. of all the money made um, – or at least all the money I made. I don't know if you qualify. You probably do. So 20% mm-hmm. of that's just not taxable, period. It's just okay. a deduction. Just 20% of all the income I made um, you know, cool. with my online work, that just gets taken off uh, from my taxes. That's nice. Okay. So we weren't sure if we were going to qualify that for yeah. that because the rules were kind of weird, but apparently they, they changed the rules, or they at least described the rules in a much better way. Just trying to look at it now. Cool. That sounds great. Yeah, that was, that was uh, actually a really yeah. welcome <laughs> surprise. I'm like, oh, wow, that, that takes things down a bit. <laughs> 
Uh, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna give me a number between one and four. Okay, give me a second here. Oh sure. Give me a number between one and four. That would be one. It's one. <laughs> okay, so we have a question here from uh, Alicia V. Parker, and this is kind of a heavy one. She wants to know, what is one thing you would never make a game about? Rape. Yeah. I, I gave a heavy answer to a heavy question. <laughs> yeah. Okay, would you like another question? Yeah, let's let's move okay, on let's and not I don't want to clarify my answer in any way, shape, yeah. or form. Um yeah, okay. Pick a number um, from another question. one to three. Yes, yeah, actually, yeah. It's two. Okay. This question is from eight bit beep boop. Yeah, they want to know you make a lot of niche games. How do you feel about the market these days? Are people more willing to invest in niche games than back in the Xbox Live indie game days? Uh, and do you feel like people are able to find your games? I think I mentioned that earlier in this podcast. I have no idea who's finding <laughs> our, our, our <laughs> games. I don't know who's finding like Mermaid Mission Titanic two years. All right, I, you know, finding some of the older games we've made, um, like My Nigerian Prince. I don't know. Yeah, who's finding it two years later and buying it? But every now and then, that's somebody... right. We just had a sale of that, like uh, like last month or so. Yeah, every now and then, great. somebody just comes out of nowhere, finds the game, and buys it. I don't know why. I'm not like advertising it. So I I, I sort of think that um, visibility, sort of across the board, especially for indie developers, um, uh, kind of took a hit when. Steam started up Steam Greenlight, and then later Steam Direct. Like there was a big flood of of indie games coming in uh, to the service. I mean, that's that's how we were able to get in, right? But that's how everyone else was able to get in too. I think the more games there are, the harder it is for any one game to achieve any level of visibility. Um, the old timers say that when you used to, when you would release a game on Steam, like you would actually be on the front page of Steam that day, and you would get a ton of exposure that way. I, I don't think any of our games have ever been on the front page of Steam just because no matter what day you pick to release, there's always going to be like 30 other games releasing that day. You know, a lot of competition. So, yeah. I don't know. I I, I think it's, it's equally much harder to find our games now than it would have been five years ago, but also much easier because we're able to release on Steam now, if that makes sense. So, I don't know. I guess it's a wash. Yeah, I guess I guess you're right. Um, you did note that you know by putting games on Steam, we we are apparently way easier to find um, oh, than we absolutely. were on itch.io, and that's that's enough for me, I suppose. Oh, if we if we weren't able to get on Steam, like there would be no way we would be making any money at all off of this. Like it would be a completely dead venture. The only reason we're making any money at all is because we're on Steam. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, in that regard, we're definitely there's definitely much higher visibility compared to other services. But I feel like Kickstarter too kind of helps with some games. We've never used Kickstarter, but no, we haven't. Something like My Girlfriend is a Mermaid? Question mark, um, which was a Kickstarter project. I feel like that kind of helped get an yeah. exposure. I'm not saying that they did a Kickstarter just because they wanted exposure. They wanted people to know about their game. I know some people have been accused of doing that in the past, 
But uh, I think when somebody's like legitimately using Kickstarter, that also doubles as an exposure device. Absolutely. It definitely, like, it helps you build up your audience before the game comes out. And it helps you guarantee a whole bunch of sales before the game comes out. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't know. Should we think about Kickstarter someday? Seems like a lot of responsibility. It does. It's like, what would we need it yeah. for? It, it's. We'd have to hire. Yeah, we, I people. mean, we would use it to get art. I think is what we would do. Yeah, art. To get like real, real fancy art. Yeah, art and music. We'd get it for that. Or music. S- That's true. Somebody yeah. who can do pixel art will will do the pixel yeah. art for some voice acting. That would be cool. Yeah. All right. One more question. Give me a number between one and two. Heads or tails. Two. Okay. This question's from Hugh Miller. Uh, who you might know from Pizza Boy. He was one of the models. Um, He wants to know, if you could go back and change any one of your games, which would you change and why? I would change my Nigerian Prince. I would make it a better game. HD remake. HD remake. I don't know. I don't know. It's always been a part of me that thought is like, is this like an offensive game? (laughs) Hmm. There was a question like about that on uh, one of the trailers. I think someone was uh, like they said they were from Nigeria and they weren't sure if they were offended or not. Yeah, yeah. So I guess maybe that's where the my my question has come yeah. from. But it wasn't originally my idea to begin with. So how did? Yeah, I mean, I don't know how we would even change it because the whole Nigerian prince concept is sort of core to the game. Like that's what the game's about. It's about Nigerian prince scams in your email. So if we just, like, take that element out, like, what is it about at that point? Yeah. I mean, I got one of those scams. It was actually a text, but it wasn't somebody being a... a, It wasn't... I forget what the official name for that scam is. I think Nigerian Prince is one of the official names. I think in England they have a different official name for that type of scam. But, yeah, those scams do happen and do exist. Yeah. Uh. Um, So I, I was just going to add that... um. So the kind of the cool thing about digital distribution and Steam in general is that if we want to make at least small changes to our games, like we can just do it. Like I've updated Cat President several times to correct typos uh, or update backgrounds or just add like little uh, quality of life changes. Like I think I changed the the color of highlighted text one time to make it easier to read. Um, So that's sort of a cool thing of living in this era of games is if we come across something that like, oh man, I really wish I had done that, like, we can, as long as it's not a huge major overhaul, like making My Nigerian Prince HD. <laughs> um, but that said, one thing I'd love to do is add voice acting to the Beard in the Mirror if I ever had <laughs> money or wherewithal to do that. Oh, that would be awesome, yeah. Wouldn't that be cool? Yeah. That game's begging for it, and it, it just isn't there. Yeah, that's what that's what we would use the Kickstarter for. Beard in the Mirror too. Yeah. The art was Beard the harder. only thing that took forever, right? Yeah. I suppose that's me making light of your programming. I'm sure you also worked very hard well, on the programming no, too. It's fine. It took eleven years to make. And the art was a big part of that. It's a very nice looking game. Um, um yeah. Alright, I I think that about does it for this month's episode. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Paul M. Franzen, and Michael is at Argelfump. Um, who knows how that's spelled, really? Like, who can even say at this point? 
Uh, you can check out all of our games on Steam or itch.io or just visit orock.com for the complete library. Our theme song is Dead Monster by March of the Danger Men. You can check them out on SoundCloud. Uh, our latest game is still, and probably will be for a little while, <laughs> The Pizza Delivery Boy Who Saved the World, visual novel about pizza and the time travelers who make it. You can find that on Steam and itch.io. And finally, if you have questions about game development or our games specifically, we would love to hear them. Email them to podcast at oarock.com. Michael, is there anything you would like to add? Have we made any Pizza Boy sales recently? Please buy Pizza Boy. <laughs> I think we're actually getting close to the uh, the threshold where I get my $100 deposit back. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> and I have a suspicion that that's also the threshold where you get to add trading cards. I don't know that for sure, though. I don't know if I my game's done the, the trading cards, so that's that would be a surprise yeah. to me. Yeah, we haven't gotten there yet, and I would love to, because we make money off of those. <laughs> Anyway, bye the game. Bye, everyone. Bye. So you know how we have vaccinations, right? Is it possible that wizards have vaccinations against bullets? Um...